Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by Freelancer Magazine, helping you grow a freelance business you love. Sharing inspirational stories from freelancers around the world, freelance-specific business advice, practical tips, trends, events and lifestyle features. Honestly, it's blooming great. It's arriving in post boxes and inboxes, because there's a digital version too, around the world. Make sure you're subscribed at freelancermagazine.co.uk. But if I were you, get those sweet glossy pages in your hands and right now let's find out what it's like being freelance for brand and website designer kaylee hall i'm just doing the same churning 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 word of mouth it's kind of winging it there wasn't much strategic thinking in setting for business i just knew that if i make things i can get paid so <laughs> I'm queen of proposals, <laughs> so because <laughs> it's never sleazy, it's always for a place of actual need. So I lay it all out and I tell them, this is what I think you need to do and this is why. So they can make that decision for themselves. If the budget isn't there, then at least they have this on their radar. And if they don't do it with me, I'm not going to cry. I will be poor, but I won't cry. <laughs> the most powerful thing, I think. Do not be an island. <laughs> Lean on other people when you need it. There are people that can help you get through a challenge and it doesn't have to be so lonely and, you know, all on your own shoulders. Yes, so that is Kaylee. Can't wait for you to hear her story. New episodes are now coming every other week. You can always follow me on Instagram, though, at Being Freelance. It'd be nice to see you there. And, of course, come and hang out in the community where we have stuff going on all the time, including uh, In Amongst All the Conversations, live Q&As, the Freelance Disco, which is our new live show, the Non-Employed Week Awards, co-working, that's virtual co-working, which is always a lot of fun as well as being productive. Anyway, check it out for yourself, beingfreelance.com slash community. It would be awesome to see you in there. And if you're new to freelancing, you can get six months free membership to the community if you take the course which is there to help you that's at beingfreelance.com slash course ah well let's get into this one shall we we're off to Walsall in the midlands which if you're from outside the uk if you imagine it it's in the middle of our <laughs> land <laughs> and we've got freelance brand and website designer kaylee hall hey kaylee hello steve hi as ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? Oh, how long have you got? So <laughs> I was working for, do you remember Orange before EE? Oh, yeah. So the mobile phone company. Yeah, I absolutely adored it. I lived there. I did a lot of hours, making a lot of money, doing all the sales. And then I had a small person, I had a baby. And then I decided on maternity leave. Actually, I'm so obsessed with the POS that I'm going to go and I'm just going to go and go to uni study design don't know what it is but I'm going to study it POS the point of sale all of the shiny stuff all the labels and the signage and you know all of the marketing materials in there so I loved doing the changeovers I was like yeah I want to be doing this all of the time then I went to uni I didn't go back after maternity leave I was like yeah no I need to do something else now this is me and with a small human after you finish uni, doing an internship isn't like, it's not viable. You need money. I can't be working for six months for free and, you know, putting more hours than I have just to kind of make sure I'm, you know, getting the recommendations and all of that stuff. So I just knew that wouldn't work for me. I couldn't have that opportunity. And also, because I love to time things really well, it was all recession, the 2008 recession. 
awful timing. Job opportunities were tiny. The Midlands is already quite a small place. And you can imagine the creative community is really quite small. There were a few known agencies, um, lots of little print shops. So I thought, well, if I learn print really well, then I can go and do that. I can just, you know, navigate that way. I actually ended up getting scouted and did a few months in a design agency after uni. And then I realised the account manager set up. It means that I don't have a close connection with the client. I don't Mm. kind of have a say. Usually the budget's really important, which of course it is. But it's kind of all managed what the creative process is. And then you're almost kind of told, well, this is what we're going to do. So there's not much room for you to be strategic and kind of open up the room for a challenge with the client and all of that stuff. So that's that's my world. I love to think. I love to think outside the box and be really strategic. So I knew that I didn't want to stay in the agency setup, but I didn't know what else to do. So I there's something about having babies. I had another baby and I decided, <laughs> do you know what? I'm just going to go freelance because in the design agencies, nine to five, I'm coming home really late. I'm missing the school run in the morning. I'm not present. I'm not kind of, you know, able to do the good night routine. I'm traveling home and I'm missing so much. So I needed more of what they call work-life balance, which also feels like a myth. So I decided actually after, you know, a year of doing maternity or having maternity time, I'm going to just start on my own. And all it took was a Facebook post. And I was like, guys, I'm offering design now. I'm offering print design and logo design, all of that stuff. And I picked up work that way. And then it just snowballed. I just got word of mouth. And yeah, I'm I'm still here nearly 10 years later. And the Facebook post was just to your like friends and family or? Yeah, literally just friends and family. And there was a local guy who was running like a networking type group in Warsaw. So he had some work for me. He was like, yeah, I didn't know you could do that. That looks great. Come in and do some stuff for us. And business network you can imagine there are lots of opportunities in there as well so I started to get known in the area and I picked up some more work on a retainer basis which went on for five years with a really high-end restaurant group restaurant um, luxury catering fine dining and there was just so much to do all of the time that that's what I ended up doing for a very long time I was just picking up the retainer work and then the other little print briefs would come in I'd be doing smaller jobs but then I felt a little bit internally sad because I was like it's the same I'm churning now I'm just doing Mm. the same churning 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 word of mouth it's kind of winging it there wasn't much kind of strategic thinking and setting up a business I just knew that if I make things I can get paid (laughs) so (laughs) yeah the hands of the money machine so I can just do that I didn't think much further about um you know marketing strategies for myself I didn't even consider this as a business I just kind of work get money that kind of money for time at what point did that start to change then as you say it's all going swimmingly to a certain extent as in your work keeps coming your way without you having to really go out there and market yourself too much but I introduced you as a brand and website designer whereas it sounds like you're still doing quite a lot of print stuff at this point I was until about maybe three years ago when you are given a print brief usually someone says Kaylee I need a flyer things have gone quiet I need to jump interest I need to get people through the door can we just get this designed and out there now 
it can sometimes be like putting a band-aid over a over a what's the what's the phrase over a puddle I don't know what the phrase is but I've absolutely <laughs> butchered that phrase do you know what you I love that it. saying though <laughs> the band-aid why should why shouldn't you yeah I mean, a Band-Aid over a puddle would not work. <laughs> well, and now that phrase works, right? So we just won. Yeah. We've just... Should we trademark that? I think, I think <laughs> if you've just made it up, that is the winning title of a business book. Right. Like, you I'm know? in the wrong job here. I think there's... You can't put a Band-Aid over a puddle. I would pick that book up. <laughs> would you? Should I write a book? I'm going to trademark it first. We'll talk money later, Steve. We'll split down the middle. <laughs> we know what you mean, then. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Where was I in this story? Oh, that's what I know exactly. Oh, yeah. Where so people having flyers made. Yes, yeah. So the, sometimes the problem is a bit deeper than that. Sometimes they're not connecting with their audience, or maybe their marketing, their wider marketing strategy isn't the reason one. They're just kind of also winging it. So to put a flyer out, are the people that you want to connect with? Are they in the places where you're going to leave these flyers? Are they going to respond to the flyers? Does it work? What's the messaging? And often. If the budget is for a flyer, there probably isn't much room for exploring all of that work and sitting down with a marketing specialist and a brand strategist and kind of really spending a lot more time opening that up. So I felt really unfulfilled for a while of just doing kind of work that I, in my heart, I felt like this will help for us for a few, I don't know, maybe you'll get 5% return of whatever you spend, but it's not really helping you. You're still going to be in the same place. And I'm a bit of an empath. I need to see people win. I need to see people kind of feel better, do better. Otherwise, I also feel like I haven't done an effective job. Mm. And then what I studied at uni wasn't the actual design. Funnily enough, we didn't learn any, I didn't learn how to make a logo or how to make things at uni. I studied visual communication. So it's helping bridge the gap between what you're trying to say and what the people who you need to say it to, how they understand it. All of the communication piece, but how do we make it work visually? All of the kind of the science behind communication is what I learned. So I'm desperate to apply this to work now and I can't. There's not much room or budget for me to do that. So I thought, how can I do this on a bigger scale? So websites seem to make more sense. So I learned web design myself, started wireframing and picked up some smaller projects people who would let me go crazy and kind of give me the rein to just work it out as I go along. And that happened for quite a while. I did a few websites in 2015, did my own. That worked out quite well. Although when I look back, I'm like, that's really bad. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it looks nice, but I'm like, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not doing what it should do. So I then just started offering website design and that went, that went swimmingly. I was able to do more strategy and work out you know the the user journey how do we get people to um, land on the website and make take action how do we make it compelling how do we help people make good decisions um, with what you're telling them that you do how do we show your value all of that stuff everything in between how do we get them to click the right buttons how do we show your personality and naturally branding is a large part of that if you haven't kind of wrapped up who you are in a shiny bow and presenting yourself well and tone of voice and you know the the right color schemes to evoke the right emotion then the connection doesn't work you can put all of this stuff on a website but if the brand connection isn't explored and it's not there people can't make that connection for themselves there's no way for them to think okay this is for me this speaks to me and I want to work with this person so all of that stuff I'm able to do with the brand and website design and that was a massive pivot 
maybe 2020, I stopped offering the print design as a, as a thing, just branding clients would have it or I'd offer yeah. it to branding clients. Yeah. How did you make that pivot? Cause you said, Oh, you know, I started experimenting with some websites here or there. Like, yeah. would it be that the person would come to you for a flyer and you'd say, yeah, that's good. But what if I did this? Or like, like how did people know what to ask for? If people were referring you all the time, suddenly they're referring you for something different. I'm just trying to work like, out how did you get happened. those clients? Yeah. yeah. Well, all those years at Orange, I learned a thing or two about sales. <laughs> and I'm not a sales machine. I don't love doing sales, but I do know how to help people see what I see. If I know that actually there's a massive benefit of you doing all of this strategy work first and really understanding exactly what the goal is and how we're going to get to that goal with the design, then this is what you really need to do. And it, because it's it's genuine. I'm not doing it just to make money. It's I genuinely see that that need for it, and I can show them that need. I know how to have that conversation, and usually people say, "Oh, didn't realize all of that work is so important to, you know, I don't know, making more people come to my shop or making more people come to my gym." I didn't realize that that's the missing piece. So once they understand that bit, and I give them a bit of education, that conversation is a natural one. The next question usually is, so what do I need to do? Then I can give my own, I'll have like an audit, I'll have a look through, see what's missing, what physical things I can make, i.e. website, or if they need a new brand kit, or if they need some, you know, print pieces, I will be able to work out what they need. And I can kind of just give them a full on list. I am queen of proposals. <laughs> so <laughs> I am queen of proposals because it's never sleazy. It's always for a place of actual need. So I lay all out and I tell them, this is what I think you need to do and this is why. So they can make that decision for themselves. If the budget isn't there, then at least they have this on their radar. And if they don't do it with me, I'm not going to cry. I will be poor, but I won't cry. (laughs) But they'll know that that's still work that they do need to do. And whenever they're able to afford it, then they can go and, you know, fulfill that and make all of the money. I feel like I should ask the queen of proposals. Yeah, I love proposals. Uh, Quite a title. (laughs) There's there's always a bit when you're doing a proposal where it comes to putting a price tag on it, where you sort of say all these things. Yeah, how do you deal with that bit of that proposal? So I now don't do a day rate or a hourly rate. I have worked out how long it will take roughly and the value and I do, they call it value-based pricing, but I just call like, it's just a package, isn't it? Like, these are all of the things that you need, and it's going to take me this time to make it, and this is what it's going to cost, including any other bits and pieces. So I just lay out exactly what's needed, and I put the prices next to it. So, yeah, I think what I now do is I work with a type of client. I usually work with people who are service-based providers, and they are usually operating online. So there's usually, like, a there's a there's a set way that they work there's a kind of way that they will do their marketing there's a way that they connect with their audience so I can kind of preempt that and if I keep working with that type of person then I can almost easily prescribe what's needed hence the packages the packages are easier to put together when I've got a set audience that I like to work with a type of client they fit into the package the package works for them I don't have to kind of get a calculator out and work out the calendar yes. versus the time because it, it it's uh the anxiety levels when you're trying to do day rates and stuff you know and you don't know how long it's going to take it's 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 hard it's a lot harder 
So actually, you've gradually evolved a niche of sorts, and having that has made it easier to know how long things will take, how much they will cost. Yeah. As in this package for you. There you go. That's what I reckon you need. Yes. Yeah. The problems that they come to me with, then I'm like, okay, that's a problem I want to solve. And this is something I've already formulated to solve that problem. So usually it's like, okay, well, I've been working for five years this way. It's all going okay, but I'm just hitting a wall. I'm not finding the right people anymore. Or people are coming and I'm getting a lot of inquiries, but no one's taking it any further. Or people are landing on the website, but they're not clicking. They're having a nose, but they're not taking action. What's wrong? That is the kind of person I love to work with because I can kind of, I know, I land on the website, I can have a look straight away. These things are standing out to me. Maybe the brand's a bit disconnected or maybe the buttons are saying the wrong words and it feels quite sales heavy and your audience don't want to be sold to. So those needs kind of fit into the package that I've, that I've spent a long time working out and refining so that I can make that process easier. I don't love the sales. I don't love sales. So I like it to be an easy formula so I'm not panicking every time someone asks me, how much is that then? <laughs> It's interesting there because you said earlier on about the fact that you missed the close connection with clients when you were working at an agency, for example. Yeah. So what do you think kind of makes a good client relationship? Really good communication two-way. Like, I use the word vibe so much. I feel like <laughs> I've cheesed it up now. But when you can really vibe with someone, when you get on the call and you've got something in common and you can have a relaxed chat, sometimes even, you know, the fact that we've got school run to do in a few hours is a common ground and there's a there's an easy conversation, there's an understanding of each other. That is such a beautiful thing and you can't always choose that in an agency setup. It's harder to pick and choose the kind of people you work with. It's harder to have that agency over yourself, so... That's really important to me, just to have some commonality, some mutual understanding um, and good energy exchange, really good energy exchange. If I put a little joke in the email, it's not going to go the wrong way. Someone's not going <laughs> to call anyone <laughs> to come and talk to me, have PC training or anything. <laughs> oh, she says naughty words a lot. I do. But yeah, they're, all, they're, 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 they're kind of in the right places. Not too many. <laughs> now you trade as hall creative right i do i do have you always done that when did that come about well that was the night that i decided i'm just gonna go i'm gonna do this i'm gonna stop the agency setup i'm just gonna i think it was how old was my son i think he was one he just turned one and i just sat at my computer and i thought okay i'm gonna make a website what should i call myself Everybody has that challenge, don't they? What do you call your business? Um, and I thought, well, I'll use my name. <laughs> use my surname. I couldn't think of anything fun and cool. And I think that it also wasn't me. Like, I'm very straight-laced, down the middle. <laughs> like, you know what you're getting. So I thought, I'll just, I won't add any fluff to it. I'll just use my name. But I didn't mm. want to use my first name. It, there's a song attached to my first name. Don't know if you know it, Steve. Kaylee. <laughs> Is it that Marillion one? one? Yeah, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, Marillion. They don't get enough airtime these <laughs> they days, don't. do they? And that is such a good song, but usually people say, oh, did you? Yeah, I did know. I did know. <laughs> did you know I did? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah so that reminds me i was so happy once when in the mid 90s i met a girl called cecilia and uh could sing simon and garfunkel at her and then yeah <laughs> like that's not a common name it's like, not. i've been, been storing up that one for quite she she wasn't impressed <laughs> Is that why you're not married to Cecilia? Steve? I can I can confirm that singing girls' names at them does not <laughs> does not go down well. That's one that you should put in your son's like things not to do. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what dad did, what you shouldn't do. <laughs> yes, do not sing girls' names at them. Oh, that's um, so funny. So sorry. So so right. So we go with Hall Hall Creative. Yeah. Also, it's a small nod to my little granddad, my very cute granddad, who he will be 90 on Christmas Eve. There's this phrase that he uses. He starts stories about finance and life and things with, if you have a pound. Usually that story starts with, if you have a pound, and it's a lecture about savings and doing things properly and, you know, having something for yourself on a rainy day. And he tells that story all... There isn't a conversation I have with my granddad where he hasn't said, if you have a pound, like... <laughs> so he's very... He worked so hard when he came to the country. He's from Jamaica. And he has poured so much into me. We were really close. He used to pick me up every every weekend after work on a Friday. And I would spend the whole weekend with him. And we would just go and visit people and have hot chocolate. He would get me all the things I'm not allowed to have. So mm-hmm. granddad's very special to me. So... There's not a massive family. There's just my dad and then there's six of us. So the name, it's, it's very special. Um, it's quite special. So I thought if that's not a, a nice legacy to leave for him, I don't know what it is. So yeah, it's something to say, granddad, I did it. I did it. You came here and you did all of that hard work and it went for something special. I did. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. What does he think of your uh, of what you do? Oh, he's so cute. He's so proud. I don't think he understands Hasn't got a clue. If I show him, he squints like he's, you know, the eyes. <laughs> Not great. So he's a squinter and he'll kind of peer at the screen and say, oh, yes, that's really lovely. And that's that's his phrase. That's really, really lovely. He's very, very proud. He tells me all of the time. Did he run his own business? He didn't. He retired and then decided to go and work for free after he'd retired. <laughs> like, he's such a workaholic and so am I. It skips a generation. My dad's good at you know logging off and saying that's me done for the day but I've definitely inherited my granddad's workaholic tendencies yeah very much so really so when you said earlier that work-life balance is a bit of a myth <laughs> yeah I don't know you're almost smiling as you say it though as if you don't maybe mind that you don't switch off yeah I feel like if you've chosen self-employment I think you go into it knowing that it's it's it takes up so much of your time. Having time to do all of the things, the finances, the accounting systems and the filing, the marketing, all of these moving parts of your business, it doesn't leave you much time to do the actual work. So five days a week, if you're working like 10 to four, that's not very much time. It's probably less than a nine to five, isn't it? So managing time has always been challenging I have children you know there might be a day off to go and watch a school play or something like that so I find that catching up on the weekends and working till the evening is it's a normal thing to do and I don't do it with lows I it's it's a joy for me I love what I do so for me it feels like a bit of a it's a special thing that I'm able to kind of choose when I can sit at my desk and get some more stuff done so yeah it is a myth work-life balance I feel like it's 
every day you're pushing blocks. So you choosing, okay, do I have a really tidy house today and get this work done? Or do I, you know, have to catch up tomorrow and then give the house a really good deep clean? It's those kind of choices. What what gives today to make room for the other thing to be done really, really well? Yeah, I think so. Although, you know, you say you don't have the balance and yet it isn't switching off at 5 p.m., but it is leaving at 3 p.m. in order to do a school run and hang out for a bit and then go back to work. That's a, it's a different kind. Yeah, flexible balance, right? Right. Yeah. So you said the strategy, like you didn't have a strategy, but now you do? Yes. Well, yeah, I'm working on it. So I have, through lots of really helpful Facebook groups, I've made some great connections along the way. And in 2020, I connected with a client who connected me with a client who that client then turned into a business friend and, you know, a a life friend. I've got really close um, with her. We've shared clients and everything, but she also introduced me to a brand strategist. Now, I do strategy, but the brand marketing strategy is a whole different thing. It's a massive beast. It's really deep really kind of picking apart the audience and who you are and what your purpose is and on a really deep, deep level. And I think the habits for a lot of us designers, I shouldn't speak for us all, but I will today. um, We will say, yeah, well, I just offer design. I'm a graphic designer. Everybody needs graphic design or I offer brand design. Everybody needs that. So yeah, like I design for people. I design for anything. I'm And also the scarcity of saying that I only design for this small group of people can feel like you're going to lose a load of work. But when I sat down with the brand strategist, she's called Jay, she really helped me to understand why it's beneficial for me, why why it's going to help me. Um, And that's also at the time where there was a lot of resentment around the work I was actually doing and trading time for money. So that started a whole series of events. So I did my core brand strategy with Jay and I worked out that there is something special about me there is I do have special source I can show up as myself and I can speak as the way I speak and I don't have to say we help I can say me Kaylee I help and it felt so much more personal and purposeful as well so I started there then I had a connection with a copywriter who I've fallen in deep love with Delia and she wrote my website copy that went phenomenally and it only felt right to upgrade everything so I changed my branding and I had some photography done and yeah I've, I've kind of been doing some other bits and pieces since I've been working on a brand marketing strategy oh what a beast it's a lot of work all this social media stuff Steve doesn't make itself <laughs> I mean that's so interesting though that sounds like a lot of investment even though some of that will be done by yourself yes how did that feel and what changes it? Yeah, well, made? luckily, those the people that I worked with on the big things, the expensive things, also needed what I had to offer. Uh-huh. You know, we've, we've swapped like for like value, which has been incredible. I couldn't have just ploughed like £5,000 into website copy. And I probably wouldn't have done it to the degree that it's done. It wouldn't have be it wouldn't be as polished as it was because I would have tried to cut corners or find a way to make it more affordable. So I've been able to swap valuable copywriting for what I offer which is a website design that straight swap was incredible we both invested in doing the best for each other and also there's this we you almost end up co-launching you kind of finished at the same time and 
I've gone live, you've gone live, let's have a party. <laughs> like it's oh, been, nice. it's been really nice to be able to do that. And the journey kind of, you end up on that journey with those people then. So the trading, as long as it's like for like, it's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. And have you seen it, well, make a difference to your business, make a difference to the clients you get or to the way you feel about it? Like that difference? Yes. I was able to put my prices, I think, maybe fourfold up, which is really scary. Money, I don't love talking about money. I am always, I've always been the kind of person to just be okay with the little, like if whatever comes in to cover the bills or whatever is fine. I don't want to feel greedy. That kind of habit, that kind of money mindset. So overcoming that to put the prices up so much, I think it needed that polished. I needed that help. I needed to feel like if I was going to ask someone for X amount of money, then they can see, they can visibly see that I'm worth making that investment in before they kind of decide to click through and have a chat. Cause I can, like I said, I can, I can explain how things work and how it's beneficial, but you've got to, people have got to want to trust you enough to kind of, you know, click through and even do that. So that's given me the confidence to do that and lots of clarity as well. Just having a clear understanding of how I can show up and the kind of, work that I do and who I work for it's been incredible so yeah those those are the big wins for me back with Kaylee in a moment just want to remind you as well as the podcast and the community there is also a course so if you are new to freelancing if you're thinking of going freelance if you're a freelancer in your first year wondering if you're doing it right and there's no one way or right way to be a successful freelancer but the whole point of this course is to help you avoid many of the mistakes that most of us have made on our way to becoming one frankly it's the course I wish I'd had when I started out so as well as my own experiences I've gathered together all of the thoughts that I've heard over 300 conversations of the Being Freelance podcast pulled it together for you take a look it also includes six months free membership of the Being Freelance community so you'll start free freelancing surrounded by others who get what it's like go to beingfreelance.com slash course and if you've got any questions you can always ask me speaking of asking questions let's get back to asking some of kaylee with this week's episode of being freelance so you work with a brand strategist have you worked with anybody else like on your business i don't mean the yeah. copywriter in the blunt or have you figured it all out yourself no absolutely not because most of the time there's a meltdown <laughs> you know the burnout is it's just it's always if you're not careful you kind of end up and maybe not everyone does but I kind of think okay well there, here's a problem this is an issue I'm having uh, maybe I don't know I'm overworking or I'm doing a lot a lot of the wrong kind of work is coming in how do I fix this the very very first stage was the coach I had a coach business coach and I was like I can't afford a business coach but I found someone that was exactly who I needed she helped me just feel a bit more confident in certain areas and sometimes just you need to know that some of the decisions that you're making they are okay to make like actually I don't want to work on Fridays because I'm probably burnt out by the end of the week and I want to cook and fill the washing machine up and do those things for myself because they're important to me before Monday comes and I'm back to it again so just sometimes someone in your corner kind of letting you know that it's okay to make those decisions they're still like it's yes you are choosing yourself and you're choosing work and home and kids it's still going to benefit work like you're not you know doing something bad for your business sometimes the guilt is there and imposter syndrome and all of these 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 isms and schisms that kind of can sometimes feel really challenging and heavy 
having someone to kind of pour that out into and just rationalize a little bit and work out ways that you can move forward with your own decisions like no one's telling you what to do it's just you getting outside of your own head that's I feel like you should have a coach all of the time every few months have a chat with the coach and just when things get in a, are getting a bit heavy then just just you know get some clarity and just unclutter the stuff in the in the brain space it gets a lot sometimes when you're working by yourself so when when did that start first coach I ever worked with was late December 2019 no 2020 yeah right so yeah so it does tie in with all of those it does. Th- letting the print side go yeah choosing more time for myself <laughs> because some of the smaller jobs they take a lot more time to manage so you've got a lot more communication you've got more back and forth because they're usually short turnaround so if they all if you've got 10 small jobs on the go at one time and they all come back with yep here's the feedback we've got changes to make that times 10 can get really overwhelming that didn't allow me to manage my time very well I was always kind of catching up and overlapping and you know google calendar looked like a coloring book I had all these blocks (laughs) telling me what I should be doing here and there it just felt really overwhelming so I think just you know, working out that actually it's okay for me to work on longer span projects instead of doing the small things because as much as I love them, I really, really love them, they weren't helping me at all. They were kind of having a a detrimental effect on the way I was working and feeling about work as well. And so you've regularly worked with a coach since? Yeah, well, yeah. So I worked with a coach for nine months. After that ended, I felt so supercharged. I was like, yeah, I want to go and do everything so I then invested oh that's another thing the coach does like spending money on your business it's not it's okay (laughs) I'll hold the purse strings really tight when you make when you make when you've kind of earned money from hours usually like it's really easy to start hoarding the money so just being reminded that actually if you put that back into the business you can probably get a lot more back out that realization came through the coach and then after working with that coach I joined a coaching program it was marketed at ambitious creatives I was like yeah that's a bit of me I'll join that (laughs) that feels like me and then I also had worked with a therapeutic business coach which I did this year and that's opened up some more personal things which have also helped you know give me more confidence um, in business again so they've all been helpful at the right time like I start a journey I work through something with that person and then it comes to an end and then I'm the the challenge has shifted now because that challenge has been dealt with so you know I've I've started working through then I've hit another roadblock where before I would have tried to figure out how I can just you know keep bashing down that wall and you can't do that on your own sometimes you need small skills you need other like outside knowledge so the most powerful thing I think um, to come out of all of that is knowing that Do not be an island. (laughs) Lean on other people when you need it. There are people that can help you get through a challenge and it doesn't have to be so lonely and, you know, all on your own shoulders. That's been the biggest thing. Yeah. That's so cool. What would you say you've found, like, the biggest challenge of being freelance? Time. Oh, my gosh. Time poor. Time poverty. (laughs) So kids versus cooking, fresh meals to be efficient with food and keeping on top of the housework and all the school activities and then self-care all of these things that you've got to do how do you fit 
fit it all in? How? <laughs> How do people do it? So that's the biggest challenge, I think, just choosing the right thing at the right time and making sure that, you know, things get done, the right things get done without burning out. You've used the phrase burnout. How do you know when you are? Have you started to recognise things? Yes. The biggest thing is almost like a need to work more. I don't know if that makes sense. So when I start feeling like I'm really burnt out, I feel exhausted. But I'm I feel like imposter syndrome is huge when it's when it's coming. I'm kind of exhaustion's opening the door for all of the negative things to start creeping back in. Um and I'm re- I get really introverted. I don't want to go networking and I'm not doing much for myself. I'm just kind of, you know, miss skipping meals, eating at my desk, not popping out to go and have a nice walk those kind of things just kind of fall to the wayside. Um, and then sometimes health crash. Sometimes it's been, you know, I've had a few health crises and they're usually stress-induced. And the doctor will say, so how many hours are you sat at your computer? And when you tell them 16, <laughs> they're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that might be why. So, yeah, just that, the health, the health crash is probably the biggest, biggest thing of why I am. Mm. Okay, uh, Kaylee, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself yes. to make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me? Oh, this took some, this took some thinking. So my three facts, I have hugged Lauren Hill, I can't ride a bike, and I had a near-death experience with a bat in a van. <laughs> <laughs> thought you might like that one. <laughs> When did you hug Lauren Hill? Was it after the two of you had had a near-death experience with in the van? In the van. She was in the van. Like, oh my God, Lauren, <laughs> we made it. She was with me, yeah. She held my hand through the whole experience. <laughs> so I went to a concert. This was, was this like maybe 2015? And at the end of the concert, I was with a person who likes to be nosy. And he was like, let's see if we can see their, their tour van. I said, no, I really want to go home. It's crowded. I'm... I'm an old bird. I like to just get indoors, shoes off, slippers on. So we did lurk around and there was a weird, you know, an inconspicuous looking transit van with blacked out windows. He said, that's it. That's the van. We need to go. And there were about 10 people crowded around the van, and some tall security men. I thought, yeah, this is it. So we went and stood around this huddle of people and she was in the van. The t- she was sat in the van with this lovely sort of plush interior and we took it in turns to go and sit next to her and she put her arm around me I was like oh my god Lauren I love you she was like oh I love you too she doesn't but she yeah she said so. <laughs> she said so yeah get that as a testimonial on your right. website Lauren Hill loves me she doesn't talk to anyone so that was nice <laughs> yeah okay so you've met and hugged Lauren Hill yeah you can't you can't ride a bike I can't ride a bike I'm such an indoors kid Steve I was indoors reading Wuthering Heights at like seven so I wasn't I wasn't outside with all the kids you know hurting themselves and riding bikes and skateboards I was just indoors painting and yeah being a grandma (laughs) I know I know but you've never like since been tempted to try I'm so risk averse like even I think the first time I went ice skating, I just stood and held the edge for the whole hour. It's like this is fair awful. enough. Hate That's it. what we all pay for. Yeah. yeah, the only wheels I want is ones with the actual functioning brake. Give me a car. I'm not using you know skateboards and all of these coaster-looking things on feet. So didn't love. Didn't I still don't love the idea of riding a bike? 
<laughs> okay. Do yeah. you know what? That was so impassioned. That feels true. Um, <laughs> but you had a near death death experience with a bat in a van. Oh, as even as you said it, my chest got really tight. <laughs> awful so I'll, I'll tell the story my brother was moving the house he just had a little baby we'd finished the move exhausted and he was like so we've got to take the van back okay great I'll come with you we're on the motorway just off the slip road now bear in mind we've been moving for hours all day the doors have been open um and it's like an old battered van with a bit of plywood between the back and the, the seats I thought this is really ghetto and then we <laughs> Had hit the M6, we're driving down, heading towards Birmingham. Luckily, there's a very long, hard shoulder. He's like, can you hear that? And I could hear wings. I'm not very good with small wings, flies, etc. So I was like this, yeah, I need, I need to go. He's like, don't open the windows, motorway. So I need, like, this is scary. Then we heard it again. We're both yelling and screaming. We see this, oh, this thing just come up from the footwell and just make its way across the windscreen to my side on the passenger side and it was just so I was trying to pull my coat over my head and flame my arms around and he was like I have to pull over he's screaming I'm screaming I'm crying it was awful we got out and realized he's, he's like it's a bat I said it's how it's like it's a bat I'm still crying but on the hard shoulder it was the worst experience of my life I don't yeah it was awful eventually it came out from under the footwell from the from the driver's side and it came out and I saw it leave and we got back in and um yeah I had a really special drink when I got home <laughs> that's it oh my gosh yeah. you are an excellent liar Katie because <laughs> you can't tell this is great I mean why shouldn't Lauren Hill be true um and yet in a weird kind of way, it became the most boring of the three stories. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, f- I felt you were so emotionally charged to the bike in the bat in the van. So, I don't know. Maybe you do ride a bike. Maybe you are the best bikerist in Warsaw. <laughs> uh, maybe you've won the Tour de Midlands, and that's where maybe oh, the bat. I mean, the bat. Surely the bat is true. Lauren Hill. You know, you could have made up anyone. Lauren Hill. Quite specific. For this the is good. I've put some work into this today. I was like, yeah, I really need to. Yeah. I need to, I need to work on this. But I need to win. <laughs> it better not be that. No, it wasn't Lauren Hill. I actually hug Wycliffe Jean or something it better not be that kind of lie because they wind me up I take this very seriously okay no I don't I don't think come on Steve spit it out no I I don't think the bat in the van is true I think it's a brilliant story but I don't think it's true oh my gosh you are correct Well done, you. I thought you'd never get it. It was so utterly believable. Right. You are an ex- excellent actress. I know. Or a really good liar, which is not good either, is it? Does it feel yeah, with- well, well, again, <laughs> add it to your website. Um... <laughs> a new life skill. <laughs> yep, I am an excellent liar. So who knows if any of this page you just read is actually true. <laughs> Ask me about the time I met a bat in a van. Oh, oh. Um... Kaylee, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Help is good. 
having help is good doing it all on your own the hurdles will be there they'll be a lot harder to get over so asking for help at the right time is massive yeah Kaylee, it's been such a joy. Go to beingfreelance.com. There are links through as there are for all of our guests. So you can go see Kaylee's very lovely website. Also find her on, you know, LinkedIn or Instagram, wherever she shows up. So go find Kaylee there. And of course, you'll also find over 300 other episodes of the podcast, beingfreelance.com. And come and join the community. As Kaylee says, you know, you don't want to be doing this by yourself. So come and hang out in the Being Freelance community. That's at beingfreelance.com. But for now, Kaylee, thank you so much and all the best being freelance. Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure. How good is Kaylee? That's it. We're out of here for another one. Back in two weeks with a brand new episode. But follow me on Instagram at Being Freelance. And of course, I'll be hanging out in the community. Last week, we had a live Q&A with Claire Gallagher of Claire Creative. She's a content strategist. She's been on the podcast a couple of years ago, actually. It was really great. You can watch the replay now amongst loads of others, including the likes of John Asperian, Kate Toon, loads of different topics, loads of different guests, live Q&As available to watch replay-wise in the Being Freelance community. So, yeah, Claire's was great, and I recommend you go watch it. Okay, I'm out of here. You have a great week. Being Freelance. Being Freelance.